You need help. You need help. <laughs> what didn't you like about it? What's not to like? I literally wrote down some movies should remain in the past. Jesus Christ, Doc. You disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. Welcome to Science of the Movies, a podcast that looks at... Just kind of weird. Just weird. Shh, I can do this. Welcome to Science of the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Abby. I'm Frida, and this week's movie is Small Soldiers. Yes, it That's right. fucking is. Small soldiers a bit of a um i forgot all the english cool it's a strange movie from the late 90s that i happen to have a little bit of a thing for and so here we are (laughs) (laughs) because when something gets into my head it just doesn't get out but first before we start talking about small soldiers not to be confused with Toy Toy soldiers, soldiers. (laughs) even though this movie is about toys, but it's Toy Soldiers wasn't about toys. Small Soldiers is not the one about the toy, is the toys. Yes. Toy Soldiers, not the toys. Sure. It's very confusing. (laughs) So how the hell are you, Abby? (laughs) I know you were sick last week. You feeling better? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, uh, Everything's in a bit of chaos at the moment because we moved house like in the last couple of months and... We moved into a house that, like, you know, like a house that has, like, zero storage. And and that might sound normal to some people when you're kind of like, every room is just a wall, fine. It's not zero, so, I mean, like, there's not a cupboard. There's not a tiny bit of attic space. There's not, you know, like, a, a door under the stairs. Like, there's literally not a single fucking place to put anything. And when you move, you then realise, oh, I've got, like, extra quilts and pillows. And we've got, like, you know, suitcases. And where the fuck does all this shit go? So yeah, it's been a bit stressful and the la- this week in particular we've, because we'd ordered stuff, we'd spent ages trying to figure out like how best to do it and everything's pretty much arrived this week so everything's in fucking chaos. There's just so much, like James has just been to the, to the big industrial skip place to get rid of all of the empty cardboard boxes and everything's just out and needs to be put together. Um, and also we're in a heat wave. So it's right now, it's like nearly nine o'clock in the morning and it's already 20 degrees and it's going to be 29 in the next couple of hours. So I've decided to sit here in my new lush lady dressing gown. Can I, I are these flowers digitally put on by a TikTok filter or is no, that really your this is my dressing gown? I love this dressing gown. Isn't it the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? I've been watching a lot of Poirot recently and I felt like I wanted to be a lush lady, but it's nine, so I can't have like gin and tonic. It's too early for that. So I'm just having coffee. But, you know, ideally I would be sitting here with a gin and tonic and just being like, whatever. Look, baby, it's six o'clock here. You can have a gin and tonic (laughs) on me. Um, I'm ready to wine in. Hey. (laughs) <laughs> so that's good you, moving sucks moving that's awful um it's the worst um yeah good luck it's it's fine that. we're coming to the end but it's right now I, like i had to climb over so much stuff just to get to my desk and to try to create space to actually like plug my microphone in <laughs> just like the place is fucking chaos anyway that's well, me well i 
I am great because my parents allowed me to take all their vinyls because I got a turntable now and I've yeah. got vinyls. And so my parents have allowed me to inherit their entire collection. <gasps> and that's just been delightful. Stop. But it's been kind of stressful because the weekend I'm with the vinyls is also the weekend of the ABC Classic Top 100 Countdown of the Greatest Instruments of All Time. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God, God, I don't know what Porfrito, to choose, whatever. the radio or these vinyls. <laughs> and it was kind of stressful. And I was organizing the vinyls. And then I was like, I had to get on my bike to buy vinyl separators. And I was like, I don't want to miss the clarinet if I'm on my bike and then I'll miss the clarinet it was very ah, stressful Jesus Christ but Can I, I did say- not the clarinet came in at number five my favorite oh. number five it did not beat the oboe which I think is bullshit <laughs> but um it still did really well at number five so Amazing. I've had a really like an ideal I'm very weekend. I've jealous. Had the best weekend I got James got me so I always wanted always wanted a turntable and James got me one for our anniversary like four years three years ago now I think two two three years ago and I still only have like three albums because <laughs> right mm. vinyl is expensive and I don't They're want expensive and I want I want I only want stuff that's like that I really want on vinyl do you know what I mean so I'm, I'm kind of it's mm. more I'm only buying albums when it's like time it's like celebration it's or expensive. something so or birthdays or Christmas I will secondhand shops secondhand shops are great for vinyls there's really good stuff they don't I, I have very specific albums that I want, so it's just kinda mm. I'm like, it's fine. I just It'll I just high. do it over time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get but there my eventually. Parents, I've just got Yeah. Holy crap. Loads of shit. Um <laughs> But 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 in my science news I was in Munich. I was in Munich on my conference. Mm-hmm. How was it? And I loved the conference. I struggled a lot with the whole like I'm not a medical doctor snobbery it was like really difficult to endure but I was incredibly cushy with all the reps of all the AI imaging the medical AI companies and me were all besties by the end (laughs) nice you know it was like there was a lot of companies (laughs) represented and um I had a lot of fun and I learned a lot of stuff but listen this is this is the best so I'm really into this whole brain age thing there's the age of your brain and there's your chronological age. And when your brain age is is bigger than your chronological age, then you have frailty. And it's a really interesting topic and I absolutely love it. But I was in a brain age talk and the guy was like, here are brains and guess what the AI predicted the age was. And I just yelled out, 88. And he was like, it's 88. <laughs> and the whole audience was like, what? And I'm like... <laughs> And he says, I think, I think we've been infiltrated by an AI. And I was like, mm. yeah. Is that your, is that your favorite moment of your conference? <laughs> no one in that I worked with witnessed it. <laughs> it's good to know that the thing I'm trying to teach AI to do is something I can do myself. Like that's a great start. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but it was good. Cool. And then I went to Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> It was was fine. I mean, you you made it home, so. (laughs) It was all right. (laughs) I'm on the fence about that Berlin. Oh, really? Oh, do I like it? I don't know. I don't know if I even like it. It's like, it's okay. (laughs) Anyway. um, For anyone who can't detect sarcasm. Should we get into the the movie? Yeah, go on then. All right. Small Soldiers is the movie that we're doing today. Let's get into it. Here's the summary, everybody. Small Soldiers is kind of horrifying for kids, which is why I think it wasn't a hit. I think it's still too scary for kids on account of all the tiny knives that are actually used to cut and stab people, including children. 
but I always liked it. And so here we are revisiting small soldiers. Alan. Alan is a kid with a past. And his dad is behind the times, but retrospectively, he's actually ahead of his time, if that makes sense. (laughs) In retrospect, the father is actually ahead of the times. Um, And he gets a shipment of toy soldiers that have been designed with the all-powerful X-1000 microchip. Guess what happens next? It's suburban warfare against tiny toys, and it's far more terrifying than you would expect. That's it. Okay, yeah, cool. Small soldiers. Sounds about right. Now, we know how I feel. I actually have always had a thing for small soldiers, and I was delighted when I rewatched it. I was like... Oh, this is really good. I, I felt a little bit like I brushed a little bit my shoulders off that I had the, such good taste as a child. But now I'll have to defer to your opinion, Abby. What is your opinion on small soldiers? Sorry, sorry, you're using this as a measure for your taste level in movies. Sorry, sorry, you just said you're commending yourself for having a good, good oh, you taste bet- in, in movies. Oh, you betcha. With small mm, soldiers. Yeah. Mm, yeah. With this absolutely I saw something in it. God fucking awful movie. Are you are you You don't know what I'm you're sorry. talking about? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't know what I don't about. I'm sorry. You're I'm sorry. You're L- wrong. Little, little Miss you're was wrong. just you're listening wrong. to you're the, the top one hundred musical instruments of all time. Is small soldiers is your measure for a good movie. You need help. You need help. You need help. <laughs> what I do you like about it? What's I, not to like? I literally wrote down some movies should remain in the past. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Hidden gem. No, fuck Hidden you. gem. This is the... This is so Holds bad. Why? Oh, God. There's so many things. Um, Go on. Oh yeah, I also wrote down people complain about Marvel movies when this is the shit we used to watch. <laughs> you are cooked. I am not cooked. This is this is one of the most fucked movies. Okay, so like um I I, I just I I don't even know where to start. Like it's sorry, I'm just checking my At notes at the very beginning. Know. Um Okay, so first, all right. So the the premise and the whole kind of just free range, like, it's hard because I don't want, sorry, I don't want to jump too much into things. But basically, like, okay, first off, the the kid with his dark past. What the fuck are you, <laughs> how fucking old are you? Shut the fuck up. The whole thing of the kid being, the, the kid being in charge on his own at that fucking age in this place. And then the, I don't know, just like whatever about the soldiers coming to life. But also, like, they're so boring. Like, the soldiers alive are so boring. It's so disconnected between, like, the toy and then Tommy Lee Jones's voice of just being... Rather, soldiers... There's no heart in it. There's no heart in, like, caring about the, the, other, so- the other toys because they're just... It's like they didn't know how to do it. They were like, we we can just place them in these places with the with the soldier ones, but with the ones that he's trying to save, it was just the I am wise man, 
let's talk. Ooh, leaf blow in wind. What is wind? It was just, yeah, no, 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 Frida. I, I paused it 20 minutes in and went to do something else and forgot I had been watching it until I turned the TV back on seven hours later after leaving the house and everything and went, oh yeah, I was watching that. I, so yeah, I just see a lot. Yeah, I see a lot of this movie and apart from Marvel films, which my son will watch any Marvel film, out of all the old movies I've tried to get him to watch for this podcast, this was the one that he was engaged with. He was not engaged with Jurassic Park. Flight of the Navigator, he kind of came and he was like conceited. This movie, he was engrossed. And I think a lot of the reason was because his, I'm sorry, those toys fuck terrifying. They come at them with kitchen knives and they actually stab the kid. I mean, that is grueling. <laughs> That's what's fucked about it. It's like the gremlins, but like just, it's scary. What you're- That's why it's good. Because they're like stabbing them with knives. It's fucking crazy. That doesn't crazy. make it good. That just makes it like insane. It's just an, it's just a weird. It's weird. Okay, but anyway, I I've always liked it, knowing that no one else liked it. I knew nobody liked it, but I always just liked it. Oh, and then I watched so it as adult, and I was like, "You, other people don't like it, so I, I still... like it. Fuck you." No, no, no. I didn't. No, I wasn't like that as a child. Believe me, I was trying to fit in. Oh, believe me, Abby, I was trying everything I could to fit in. I couldn't help it. My heart wanted small soldiers. My heart wasn't. It was just my heart was speaking to small soldiers. Frida, this is, like, I, it wasn't on purpose, but nobody liked it. I liked it. I watched it like six times, and then I watched it as an adult, and I'm like, it's, I still like it. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about the cast because this is so crazy. We have two inner space alumni here. <laughs> Wendy Schaal turns up and I was like, actually, when I saw her name on the credits, I was very excited. And do you know, Wendy Schaal is the mom. She goes, Phil, I love this song with the wannabe scene. It's very funny to me. Um, who's the other inner space alum who turns up? Oh, God, I, I cannot remember. Robert Picardo. Oh, yeah, Robert Picardo. Yeah, of course. So we have Wendy Schall and Robert Picardo. Hilarious. Other cast members are Gregory Smith plays Alan Abernathy. He, he, he is so, he's, he's fucking adorable. He's adorable. I just didn't buy him as, you know, bad boy. Bad past. <laughs> At and that age, like how Dunn. old is he? I know. He, <laughs> he set everything on fire, but I've changed. I went to all this therapy. Okay. Kirsten Dunst. Is in it, yeah. and 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 because I was like with Raph, I was like, oh, do you like Kirsten Dunst? Like, what do you, what do you think of her? She's like, oh yeah, she's she's really cute. And I was like, she was. I said to Raph, like, she was the, like, growing up, like she was the person, like for us, right. as girls, as teenage girls. Um, and then I remembered that he's that she's also in Spider Man, and he was like, oh my god, that's the Spider Man girl. I was like yes it's Mary Jane so that was a moment <laughs> what do you what do you think it's, about Kirsten Dunst so I really like her if this is such a 90s cast right um the whole yeah. thing in general oh yeah but like she, I really like her I think she's great I I enjoy her character I enjoy the I enjoy that she's a little bit 
I, I'm so sorry. I'm struggling because there's things about her character I enjoy, but then what I absolutely hated was they literally did that classic N log thing. I'm not like other girls. <laughs> it's just Trope. like shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. That actually no, right. shit. That is mine. <laughs> there is another one. I I've didn't got two, organize so my right. notes yeah. properly. <laughs> That's crazy not like other girls i know and with the jock with the motorcycle and uh, I, I don't really date younger guys oh god this like effortlessly cool but beautiful girl but she yeah that, that's her wheelhouse yeah um okay so chip hazard is voiced by J- tommy lee jones in his only voice acting role i can see why Ever. fuck you Next. It was okay, boring so, as fuck. And who else is in the Commando Elite is Bruce Dern. Oh. Wait, who's Bruce, Bruce Dern? Bruce Dern. He's just like a Hollywood legend and also the father of Laura Dern. And yeah. he was in Big Love and so many films. Um, He... Frank, okay. Frank Langella. Langella? Frank Langella plays Archer another legend mm. and the other gorgonites are voiced by spinal tap and <laughs> it says in the cast <laughs> that's the, hilarious the gorgonites are all voiced by spinal tap it says that in the credits um including michael mckean who now is now famous for better call soul and i didn't know he was in spinal tap that's hilarious and christopher guest and harry Shearer. i mean what the fuck the people that are in this movie it's phenomenal now the Gwendy dolls. Yeah, Did you recognize was, the voices? This was insane. I didn't recognize it. And then I just saw the credits and I was like, are you fucking serious? I recognized Sarah Michelle Gellar in one second. And then I didn't recognize Christina Ritchie I saw later. But that's that's also, I mean, what the hell? But then, um, of course, we have Wendy Schall. We'll save the science people till later. But then the last person I want to mention is Phil Hartman. Hold on, hold on, Phil. hold on, hold on. Is Wendy Schall... Yes. Which one is Wendy Schall? Is she... Kirsten's mom or Fimple. Kirsten's mom. Mrs. Oh, Fimple. Okay, yeah. Who's like on she's on tranquilizers like the whole time. Oh yeah. Um who's who's his mom? Um His mom is she's got with the tennis racket. Um that, literally that is because... one of my like that was one of my favourite bits. Was her in the tennis the racket. The tennis racket, I know. Because I was just like, do you know what? This she's great. This like the She's great. I was not really paying that much attention to her, and then in that moment I was like, You're fucking great. Um I really I was Yeah, really she into that. is great. Um who's the lady is Anne Magnuson. Anne Magnuson is Irene Abernathy. Right. She's like go get a suburban mom versus versus Wendy Charles' character is like the prescription medication suburban mom. Yeah. And they both play the role like perfectly. Um anyone else before we talk about nope. Phil? Phil Hartman, last role. He was murdered shortly after this movie came out. Did you watch to the end credits? Um Probably not, to be fair. Right at the end, there's a little dedication to him. It actually was funny when it, when the credits roll and Raph was like, do you think there's an end credits thing? And we sort of like, haha, I'm sure. But there was. At the end of the credits <laughs> running, they had a little dedication to Phil Hartman, which was, oh, it was like a blooper of his. Okay. Um, 
let's go. I think we are done with the movie chat. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Themes. Abby got any themes? No. What? There's a lot of anti-war subtext that I personally did not pick up on as a child. <laughs> but then I watched it as an adult and it's really rife with anti-war. It's barely even subtext. It's kind of super obvious. But um, the the idea of glorifying soldiers and the military and sending people to war and the American heroes when obviously they're incredibly violent and sadistic. So I guess that's the subtext there. Mm. And um, then there's the matter. Yeah. And then I guess Phil Hartman has a hilarious line where he, where he just says, it's like they're just going past and he's just saying out loud to himself. He's like, well, I think world war two was my favorite war. <laughs> and it's like, um, War, yeah, I think that that's the theme of the movie is that war is bad and we glorify it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's the theme. All right, moving on. Trope of the week. Okay, welcome to our first section, right on schedule. We've already mentioned one trope, but welcome to our section, trope of the week. (laughs) Do we have any more tropes now that we've accidentally mentioned? I know, I said my trope already. (laughs) I'm not like other girls. Not like other girls. Hey, you're not I like just, other girls. Yeah, I'm a cool girl. Do you know what though? I do like let's let's just talk about that for one second though, because I do think that that whole uh, so me and my friend have had a whole chat about this before. Uh, me and my friend Megan, shout out Megan, um, about the whole like N-log emergence thing, and that it was N-log? really damaging. Oh, not like yeah. So it was girls, it yeah. was really damaging to our kind of like. So when you think about it, right, growing up as a teenager in that time in the 90s you know this was i can't remember Mm. what year this was um but you had two things you're either looking at these like models and superstars that are all like the this you know super thin beauty standard that uh you're supposed to be like i don't know the freaking britney spears christina aguilera who else who else was around all i can't even think of a single woman now but you know all of all of these kind of standards, and then on the flip side, what you had was these "I'm not like other girls." But all these "not like other girls" were always standard, beautiful girls who had all of the things that all the regular, you know, particularly in American stuff, like this whole like popular girl vibe. You know, rich family, like has everything that she wants, but she's just a little bit quirky because she likes skating, or she's you know into rock music, or. Like, just things like that. And it's like, oh, she's so different. She's, like, the epitome of, like, oh, my God, everyone wants her kind of thing. And she's just one of the boys, all this kind of vibe. And it was really damaging for girls growing up, I think, to see these standards of... So you had the beauty standards that we always talk about, but we never really talk about that other standard, which was the pick... Now it's pick-me girls is what they're referred to nowadays, um mm. you know and, and and that's the thing it's like you know i'm different from the other girls and it's still a Pick way me. of it's still a way of separating a someone and pitting competition in women you know it's like you mm. you had the competition in terms of the beauty standards and then you have these girls who are like oh i'm not like the other girls which means i'm separate from them i'm better than them and that's what that's what that statement is saying not like other girls is saying you're better than the other girls. And it's just, it's really fucked. That's my little rant about I like about the pick me. 
Yeah. I like the pick me, um, you know, what, what do you say? Kick back over the end locks. It's great. Because I did, I did look at, I did sort of look at that. Saw a video essay on it. And I'm like, I mm. like that people are calling it what it is. Pick me girls. Yeah. yeah. I'm not like other girls. I don't, I don't like all that kind of girly stuff. I'm like, you know, I like beer and sports and all this shit. But yeah. you're just basically saying, pick me, pick me. Yeah. You're yeah. just performing for men. Yeah, exactly. That's um, all it is performance for men yeah totally like yeah you know growing up you you sort of like just transform yourself in a in a plethora of different ways in order to get male attention and yeah it's a whole thing anyway what what are your what are your tropes i have a few um first trope yeah i had a similar one the next one was the cleaning up right when when it's all messy and then they sort of start cleaning and then they go well, that took shorter than I thought. And like everything, <laughs> it's all done. It's perfect. The hardest part was the mast. Yeah. Yeah. That was absurd. I mean, there was, by the way, there was a lot of stuff with the writing. It's like, you can see where they just saved a bit of money, you know? Yeah. There was no screen. There was no script review in this movie. They just, they yeah. just were like, nobody cares, right? Let's yeah. just put all the cliches. Another one, um, talking to the computer you know the password gizmo and he goes find us some chips some really good chips a lot of chips (laughs) surplus you know he's like putting the science words yeah and he's telling us the the layman terms so we know what surplus is gotcha yeah hilarious because um, we all do that we all sit there actually to be fair i probably do talk to my computer quite a lot <laughs> but that's more me shouting at it because it's not doing what i want it to do yeah yeah no no no, no, no. i only say fuck you you <laughs> shit yeah exactly um so did you did you get the keeper of encarta alan keeper of encarta oh no what i remember the when line. archer so when Archer is learning on the computer and he's reading about all the, by the yeah. way, they flash Hiroshima as well. It's like all the yeah. American war crimes. It's, but he, he, he calls Alan keeper of Encarta and I let out such a laugh and Raph was like, what's Encarta? And I was like, well, Oh, okay. I remember don't know Encarta? what the fuck you're talking about. You don't know Encarta. No. Anyone on really anyone with me on Encarta? Encarta was, was basically how I looked up for essays as a kid. It was on a disc. I just want to say, um, Ray Mack over here is with you on Encarta. Encarta 97 for life, bro. Encarta 97? I forget. I forget the numbers. I feel like it was called Encarta. Anyway. Yeah, no, I loved Encarta. Um, I am trying to validate the movie. All right. Well... I like the little stabby toys. It's, okay. Um, all right. Let's get into some science. Okay. I think those are all my tropes. Um, I'm thinking of anything else about that before we get into science. Mm, I love that the, the name of the secretary was Miss Kegel in Carter 95. Thank you, Adam. Um, Miss Kegel was the name of the secretary. Um that's a funny name. Okay. It's hilarious. Um, and I can't, I'm just thinking if there's anything else. One second. 
Oh, there were a couple. I thought there were a couple of really funny lines that, like, in terms of the whole anti-military thing that Tommy Lee Jones's character, like, was saying all these incredibly cliche military things. He was spewing them, Mm. but in a way that made them sound as stupid as they actually are. Like, it was like this very like they 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 were alerting the audience to the fact that we very stupidly glorify war and soldiers, right? right? And one of the great lines that he said, he's like, we are the best of the best of the few and the proud. (laughs) It's funny. That made me giggle. All right, let's get on to some science. So I guess the first science topic will talk about the environment of science um, that they find themselves in. And specifically, I just really appreciated the boardroom scene that starts off the movie where the two presenters yeah. um, present their work. And we have um, one with the cardboard cutouts and he's like, oh, I'm just a dork and excited. And the other one has um, his, oh, well, like- he says, it's called multimedia, Erwin. Look into it. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I loved yeah. that scene. No, it was very good. Yeah. Um, I just like that whole thing. But Can in I terms actually, of the characters... Do you know what's funny? Yeah. Sorry, I was at a conference recently. <laughs> there was this guy. And honestly, like, he made it seem like it was planned. And I really suspect that he just forgot his slides or something. Because everyone else is doing, like, their whole presentation thing. And then it comes to this guy's talk. And he's like... I'm actually going to do something a little bit different here. And the next thing he's like trying to screen share an iPad and he's just like writing on like the screen on the iPad, just like in really bad handwriting as well. So you can't make out anything that he's writing and drawing little diagrams and stuff. And he's like, oh, let's make it a bit more kind of interactive and stuff. And it's like, hmm, is this intentional? (laughs) It's kind of just reminds me of that contrast of the two of them. I know you've got one person who's with got the two, all their... With the two scientists? Yeah, you've got someone like with all their slides and they've got like video content in it and there's all the graphs and there's this and it's like, yeah, yeah. And they're walking around the room and then you've got a guy who's like standing there scribbling furiously. Like, and then maybe it could look like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And let, well, let's, na- let's name them now that we're talking about yeah. them as well because they're played by um, Jay Moore plays the savvy one and he also his outfits i want to discuss also the way they're dressed and then we have david cross playing the one who's yeah i mean how would you describe them i can i just say first off that like i had yeah. the biggest crush on jay moore like the biggest oh really crush when i was a teenager he's totally crushable i was like i think it's i'm trying to remember what it was that he was in i wonder where he is these days wow he's changed Baby age comes to us all. I know it does. He's exactly. still very handsome. His eyebrows are nice, but he his outfits are like really good. He's like super yeah. savvy in this. And then you have David Cross, um, who's like, I like he's he's like the the brains in a sense. Yeah, but he's also pretty progressive. Like he, well, actually, he's kind of talking about. Um, He's kind of talking about making more of a video game, right? Where he has characters and there's a whole world and there's a whole thing, you know, that he's sort of doing a whole world building thing. Not necessarily what that's what clearly his intention, like he's designed these characters and these rich backgrounds and everything like that. That's obviously what he's into. Um, but um, and, and then there's a bit of subtext there about 
American imperialism going into places that people are indigenous and mines them for resources and then calls the indigenous people savage and we have to fight them. But of course, from David Cross's point of view, they're beautiful people and they're sensitive and they have a connection to the land and so on and so forth. And so that's obviously the subtext that's going on there. He has programmed them to have that richness. It's very interesting. He obviously went ahead to program them the way he wanted mm. because he's, he's going on about how he sees them. He's kind of horrified at, at the guy and we'll talk about him in a second. He's basically directing them in a different direction. David Cross's character clearly went on to program them however he wanted anyway, because the they were sort of programmed a little bit like they weren't exactly enemy style. So it was just interesting. Um, and they're presided over their boss. Who's like this non-technical boss. Mm. Um, and that is Dennis Leary. Classic. Classic Dennis Leary. Uh, sorry. I meant what classic, did you want to say I about classic him? non-technical non-technical boss yeah <laughs> non-technical bosses who cannot admit that they're non-technical are a are a threat upon the earth yes. because not only do they take up way too much space talking like shut the fuck up and decision making but they take a lot of money and then yeah. they don't admit that the people that are really responsible for doing something need some of like make some of that money right yeah because they they put themselves as these boy genius or like this person at the head of this company and that comes along with a lot of money and then they get away with not paying people enough for the work that they actually do to carry an yeah. entire company and an entire product There's, and that is shit the, but can i can i say that because i think the non-technical boss thing extends into academia as well in that when, oh, when you say when you say like non-technical boss what we're talking like there's only two ways that you can actually achieve anything. There's only two, especially when you're talking about technology, when you're talking about certain like scientific progress, there's only two ways you can achieve anything. You either have a boss who knows what, like who is technical, who knows and understands what you're trying to do, what the limitations, um, uh, you know, what directions you can go in, what the requirements are. And then they support you through all of those things so that you can actually get somewhere with it. Or they don't know anything about how it fucking works and they step back and they allow you to be able to take the lead and move forward. And they allow you the support where you need it in terms of allowing you to be able to get support where you need it. What, what, what the issue is, is when you have the non-technical boss who thinks they fucking know how to do it and refuse to let anyone actually do the work that they have been hired to do. And that's what's the most ridiculous thing about it. It's just like, and they're Absolutely. the people, they're the dangerous people because they're the people where either everything will fail or it'll all come fucking crashing down or there'll be just huge mistakes and they'll never take the blame as well because they'll always never. blame the technical people. Never. Because they, they didn't take fucking all understand. The yeah, they take all the credit as well. Fucking bullshit, dickheads. <laughs> because of the academic track, it's like people own you that are higher than you. It's so fucked up mm. because they're literally, the grant money pays you, right? They own you. And like when you have someone above there who does not know how to step aside to let somebody else pass, they swallow up all your yeah. work as their own fucking work and then berate you when, when things aren't coming and blame everything on you. And then there's the micromanaging. We haven't even yeah. gone started on the micromanaging. Yeah. It's like when you're not technical and you micromanage in this movie, this guy is kind of like, he's not wrong with everything he's saying, but he micromanages them to a point where it's like, mate, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. 
but anyway, let's move on from that topic. It's yeah, ugh, it is, it is, it is a disease. It's yeah. a fucking disease. No, it, it was covered it really well in the IT crowd. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was just thinking of the IT crowd. Hilarious. Like, yeah, the IT crowd is just the revenge of the nerds, basically. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now let's get into some actual science because I've got some interesting stuff here, really, Jude. Because you yeah. were like, explain microchips, please. Yeah, Are you one of those I people who just don't understand just... embedded electronics. What? Huh? Say that again. You don't understand embedded electronics like me. No. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't understand, like, how the thing goes with <laughs> Literally, the they just kept saying microchips, and I was like, I'm just, like, Frida, Frida, this is your movie, deal with it, please. <laughs> teach us, teach us now. <laughs> chip, computer chip, integrated circuit, there's many words for it, but it's basically, it's it's a set of electronic circuits on a very, on a flat piece of silicon, and it's transistors, basically, they're acting as, as switches, and they can turn a current off and on, that's basically it, and, um... It's lying on the silicon, which is that's silicon is that's why they also can be called semiconductors because the silicon is the semiconductor. Now, um, basically, what the microchip is is the actual engine of the computer. It's fabricated onto one single chip. Before the microchip, or also it's called the microprocessor, everything was in discrete components. But then the invention of the microchip basically allowed all the components that make oh, up a computer yeah. to be fabricated on one chip. That is the engine of the computer. The first thing it did was to make electronic calculators. That was the first thing it did was like a calculator. And, but all it could do at that point was adding and subtracting. And I think was only able to do like eight bytes at a time or something like that. Um, but since then, of course, it's been just improved and refined. So everything is smaller and so more fits on there mm. and it's small and smaller. And now you even have things that are like, on the nano scale. Um, and that's basically it. It's just that that's the computer on a chip. Um, that's what a microchip is. It's the processing yeah. unit. You can have one core or you can have more than one core. The big product, a big uh, person that's like the big company that's produced like a lot of the major, um, the major sort of pro- progress progressions in mm. microprocessors is of course, Intel. Um, they came up with that first one that I described and then like every major leap has been done by yeah. Intel. Um, you can have multiple cores on a single chip. Um, and then we also have uh, microprocessors that allow for parallel processing. And this is used for faster rendering of graphics, which is used yeah. in computer games and now also artificial intelligence. Those are the GPU. A GPU can be yeah. embedded with the CPU on the one thing, but most commonly, which is great and lighter, but more expensive, but most commonly and practically also it's as a discrete element, the GPU mm. that you buy separately. Um, so that's what that's what a microchip is. Do you, do you get it now? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. I need, so um, now, but I want to also talk about military electronics because this is like oh the x1000 is this military thing um and you're going to put it in the toy and so i wondered what is different about military microprocessors as opposed to standard ones with which the general public use and interestingly okay many consumer goods are built on standard uh standard microchips uh, but military systems 
have very specific ones that are built just for the military and a big production um a maker of those is northrop grumman mm. engineers they make special military ones what is important for military is for example whilst commercial microprocessors are designed for only to last a few years military electronic systems need to last decades oh, okay um, they go into vehicles and equipments that can be deployed for 20 or 30 years. Um, and that's one thing. So it's, it's built to last. It also has to be resilient to withstand different environments, mm. whether it's high altitudes or extreme environments like deserts or cold areas. Um, and so that is what is really important about it. And they like, they can't fail. So I think a lot of it to do is to do with its, um, reliability dependability and durability in matters that are literally life and death um um there's it sounds like there's a lot of similarity in the requirements for what they would need and similar for like space exploration and telescopes and you know satellites and everything because you know different temperature environments needing to have long lasting uh be durable against you know uh so or be like you have to be able to fix or not necessarily remote fix, but like, um, you know, if there are going to be issues, you have to be able to kind of do it in the, without, sorry, I lost all my fucking words. What happened to me? My brain just oh, stopped working. you're right. No, but it's, yeah, yeah, it sounds like a lot of the That's requirements the for, you know, and, and that's the same thing as well, because when you're, de- when you're developing something like that as well, you're developing it over a long period of time. So when you think about things like the James Webb Telescope, like every all the equipment that's on the James Webb telescope is now dated. Like it's already dated mm. for us here because of the amount of time it takes to develop it, build it, integrate it all together, and then send it off up there, and then the amount of time it has to be up there. So it's amazing for up there, but like it's it's all stuff that would have been built, you know, a decade ago. To a certain degree. Absolutely, yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. But but I'm sure it dated, but advanced, more advanced than what people are using though anyway. It's like they, oh, they yeah. put a lot yeah. of money to, yeah. Um, and there's one other thing, one other element of military uh, microchips, which is actually interesting and pertinent to this movie. And that is that they the security, there's security elements that are built into it, which is that um, the, it, it cannot be reverse engineered. Right. That's also how it's built, so that it cannot be reverse engineered. Okay. Because people want sense. to steal them. Yeah. There's a black market for them. Um, but here we come to the crux of what they say in the movie, which is like the microchip is responsible for the learning and it enhances whatever it's programmed to do. Yeah. <laughs> now, military spec chips are not really about hidden functionality generally speaking maybe there's something maybe maybe there are other examples but they're spec military spec because they're designed to work under these conditions we don't require that yeah um they so they still you know of course there's a lot of value in having a better cpu for some applications for sure which enhance it um, but it is the programming and the design of the system that matters from the CPU perspective, not just the CPU itself. Mm. Um, and above all of that, if we're talking about guided missiles, gu- seeking missiles, yeah. that it's not even just the CPU, there are other components there such as sensors and GPS and all the data that's received from that and processed by the CPU. 
um, which makes the guidance missile. So in, th- in those situations, the microprocessor is only just one part of the array. Yeah. So that's important as well. It d- does seem like these toys would also need very good sensors and other sorts of things as well. Yeah. Like, obviously, they have storage. They're I mean, storing a lot of data. Yeah. Like you know. they've essentially in in the movie, they've turned the, the toys into like little um little robots you know with with all these tactile sensors proximity sensors yeah. computer vision all these things that are you know all stuff that are, people are working on a lot that but not stuff that you're going to get from a single microchip no exactly like there's many components like cameras and sensors there as well heat mm. light sensors god knows what yeah exactly it's not just the microprocessor can i um, i'm shocked that's really not very accurate and i'm honestly yeah. shocked that such a uh, favorite movie of mine would really just <laughs> throw shocked. out facts you're shocked that small soldier science is incorrect shocked i always thought it was correct <laughs> my whole life is a lie, it's a lie. Um, speaking of correct can i just because there's somebody in the chat here ray and when you were talking about microchips so ray are you still here because he just said that is not true i'm phd computer science and it's like, well, that's great, Ray, but could you please explain what it is that you think is not true and what you think is I can't. Correct? I'm sorry. That was my limit of microchips. I can't. I'm sorry. No, but that's I fine. But I, I just don't. I just. <laughs> but if he wants to say I something, hate, he can. No, this is, this is one of my absolute bugbears <laughs> is anyone who jumps in and just says that's not true and then gives their credentials, but then doesn't give any actual information. So if you do think appeal something appeal to that, authority, logical fallacy. Yeah, if you if you think that yeah, if you think that we have said something that has been in that is incorrect, then please do express what it is that was incorrect and and express what the correct thing is. That would be much much better. Thank you very much. No, he just appealed to his own authority. Look, I might not know a lot about microprocessors but i know what a logical fallacy is yeah and you can't just appeal to your own authority and fuck off anyone who just says you're wrong they don't Mm. have any further information they don't have any interest in actually having a discussion or a conversation or a maybe you've misunderstood something or maybe something has come in wrong or maybe i've misunderstood what you've said let's talk about it and clear up where the confusion is all they're trying to do is put you down and make you question yourself. Because mm. if that person, yeah, okay. if something had actually been said that was incorrect, that person would have said what it was. What actually happened, and this is what we have to remember, and people can agree or disagree with this to their fucking heart's content, I don't care. What actually happened was some guy who's studying computer science saw two women talking about computers and jumped in without no context to what we were actually fucking talking about and decided to say something was wrong. They mm. obviously know nothing yeah, about either uh, of us. Yeah. Like, so I'm sorry. You're a fucking academic in physics, my darling. You are an AI I and neuroscience expert with a PhD in fucking theoretical physics. Com- yes. I have, Stop a, I have a degree yourself. in computational... I have a degree in computational maths and physics. I have a PhD in theoretical physics. I spent three years in mechanical engineering. 
working in the dynamic imaging lab and I've had three and a half years working at the top hospital in the country doing AI for stroke. So I know a lot of information. Exactly. I, mean, I know a lot. But the best thing about me, if you ask me, is I also know when I don't know something and then I ask somebody else. Um, yes. But also I have support on my end. Somebody said... I was incorrect, but only because everything in the movie was 100% correct. And this person knows because they watch movies and they know the movie was 100% correct. And that is on the basis that I was. Obviously. They yeah. watch movies. Oh, the movie okay. was correct. I was incorrect because I disputed the movie. The okay, movie okay. is correct. So small soldiers, science is correct. And the real science is incorrect. <laughs> yeah. That's our stance on small soldiers. Mm. yeah <laughs> status quo please, moving on yeah please do move on and, and <laughs> what is your next section <laughs> trip of the week just joking <laughs> um so i actually have something really interesting to say um maybe ray will come back because this is actually this is sick um there are plots in movies about stealing microchips for military services but military components are built specifically so they can't be reverse engineered so that's just a very interesting thing when you think about those plots yeah it is incredibly valuable to have a very good microprocessor for shiz but they are built specifically so they can't be reverse engineered just saying but they are very stealable and there is a black market for them because in order you know um Like I said before, that it's incredibly valuable to have them, but you still need to write the program. You have to program and design, obviously, your element, right? The thing is that there are countries which have the brains trust, but they don't really have the ability to produce what America can produce. Right. So actually stealing microchips is is great because they oh. can do it, but they can't. They can make it, but they can't produce it. An example of this is, is Russia. Russia certainly has the ability to design and program it for sure without question um but they can't they don't have the industry that america has that can produce such high level microprocessors interesting um i came across an article that ukraine this is like really recently every time they capture a russian piece of equipment they report all the components and they have reported that there are American-made microprocessors inside uh, Russian military equipment. Now, there are many ways that they can be getting them. But like as I said, there is a black market. They can be second-hand, I don't know. But that they are getting their hands on those X1000-style microprocessors because they are superior. And it does allow the compute power that's necessary to build sophisticated technology if you have the ability to design them which russia certainly does they just struggle a little bit on the manufacturing front Mm. um isn't that fascinating you guys yes we don't we're not talking about war in ukraine right now we're talking about small soldiers all right focus (laughs) focus okay it is fascinating that the x1000 no it is fascinating me and this comes up in a lot of the movies and i think it's really it's really interesting and me i might do some sort of a i might do a trend thing for this eventually i might sit down and go through our movies um the amount of movies the amount of science that always that comes down to specifics around like military science and and we did mm-hmm. talk about it we talked about it with ant-man where you kind of said like the the whole marvel storyline always kind of centering around military um 
progress because it's the only scope really where we can talk about like what's reasonable in terms of like why would people be putting a lot of money into trying to create this technology that can do all of these things and for the most part it's always for military purposes because you know there's only so much that people i mean like who needs a who needs a high grade or actually they say it in the movie i wrote it down um globotech where is it bringing military tech to your home and it's like why why video games that gets yeah. us into our next section oh, there we go military and toys um they really do make really great, amazing stuff. Mm. Um, yes, it is a book club for the movies. It's a, a movie club. Someone said, I love how this is a book club, but for, for movies. And it's I love that too. Club. It's a movie club. I'm, I love a book club and I love movies. Combine them together. It's a movie club. We are a movie club. It's a movie club. Um, but... So in summary, the X-1000 is a really, really sophisticated military microprocessor, which absolutely exists. The military makes very sophisticated ones that are very key in order to design military equipment, which do get stolen or there is a black market for because not everybody has the ability to make such amazing chips. But America does, China does, Korea also has good, cool chips. And Russia has been stealing them. Like they haven't been buying them directly from America, but they're in those equipment because mm. that's maybe a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, what do you call it, military or, or or technical technology espionage. I don't yeah. know. But they are valuable, but they aren't the only thing. You still have to program. It is the program and you have to design it. Right. as well it doesn't write the code for you okay yeah. now let's move on to the next topic which is toys in the military because that's interesting as well because in this movie they put it in a toy um probably it didn't need all of that processing power <laughs> probably in my view that if they did put that into a toy the processing power would just have been wasted right because yeah. you know when i before i knew how to actually use my gaming computer i i was given this incredibly powerful computer with a lot of really good components and a nice big hefty gpu with a lot of ram and i didn't really know how to do it it didn't <laughs> do anything for me because i wasn't using it you actually have to engage yeah. the components through your program uh, otherwise it does nothing and it goes to waste it's not like it'll do something on its own so you actually do have to design your program to use the circuit circuits that are the processing chip just saying i just want to say (laughs) but they put it in toys so i thought it would be an interesting topic to discuss toys in the military right and the thing is i'm gonna really go off to a fucking other planet here but um (laughs) don't worry about it the military and toys really isn't a new combination at all okay i'm gonna manage to sneak in a really fun thing that I like that is just such a non sequitur, but I'm going to do it anyway. So the movie totally gets it right in saying that during peacetime, there's a lot of stuff that aren't being put to use. And so they get to put to use in, you know, in peacetime activity, like basically recreation. Right. So to be honest, the Olympics is a really good example of that, but it's basically recreational sports. That's adaptation of of military activities or military training Mm. that during peacetime is how people get fit is by playing these games that are designed based on military training exercises or just things that, you know, throwing the javelin, for example, obviously this is uh, something that you would do in wartime to attack and kill somebody, but we turn it uh, during peacetime, we can turn it into a game 
um, and then it keeps people fit. Um, and the best example, this is my favorite example, is the biathlon. You know, when they get on skis with a gun and you're like, what the fuck is a biathlon? Sorry, Every what? time, did you... Yeah, when you it's it's skiing and shooting. That's the the winter sports biathlon is skiing and shooting. And every time the winter sports come along, I'm like, love the biathlon. What the fuck is the biathlon about, right? They they have a gun, they ski a race, and then they shoot a target. And you're like, okay, what is that about? But I learned what it's about. Oh my god, it's about the mountain troops because it, people have to fight in mountains sometimes. They ski and they have guns and they do mountain combat. And when they are in, when they are training at a thousand feet, they literally train at a thousand feet so that they get used to the high altitude and their lungs adapt. They can fight in the mountains. The biathlon is literally how they train. That's crazy. And then it got adapted to an Olympic sport. Look it up. The 10th Mountain Division is the most deployed division in the U.S. military. <laughs> oh, my God. And their God. insignia is skis and a gun. That is absolutely wild. I love it. It's wild. <laughs> and that's the biathlon. Amazing. <laughs> what do you think of that, guys? I love the 10th Mountain Division. It was a, it was a fun topic for me for a while. The 10th. They're like these super soldiers. They trained at a thousand feet so that they could beat the Nazis in their like French Alps. And they did. <laughs> they scaled up a sheer face of the cliff that the Germans didn't even bother watching because they're like, nobody can climb there. In the meantime, the Americans were like training these troops at a thousand feet oh to do God. it, to climb up there. And then they, they went up there. They defeated the Germans where they were camped in incredibly strategic positions in the Alps. And a month later... Germany surrendered. Amazing. Biathlon. You heard it here first, you guys. <laughs> All right. But anyway, I just wanted to talk about the biathlon. I wonder so, how, much, how much the biathlon Google searches just went up. <laughs> okay. So James Bond, IRL. Exactly. Yeah. So... I have a couple of other examples of military things. These are random, but do you know Silly Putty? Yeah. Silly Putty was invented in 1943. No. There was a war going on at that time. And it was was supposed to be a new source of rubber after Japan cut the supply of rubber to the US because they invaded Malaysia. This is true. And there was no rubber in the middle of the war. And they invented Silly Putty, which obviously, as we know, really has no application. Uh, But the GE executives would show it off at cocktail parties. This is true. And an ad man, this ad guy, was at one of the cocktail parties. And he thought, you know what? This can be a great toy. And he bought the rights. He called it Silly Putty. And he marketed marketed it as a toy. And now we have silly putty. I do. I I love it when it like it is just kind of a clever thing of just the redirecting of an idea into some other use. Uh, you're just like, and then I think there's loads of stuff that pro- there must be loads of stuff. I can't think of anything right now, but there must loads. be loads of stuff that like Velcro. started out as something entirely different. Why did you say Viagra? 
No, I think Velcro was just invented, but you know, yeah. they saw they saw the the forget me not sticking in the way that the hook the hook and the yeah, loop it was the burrs. The, it was an engineer plant. in Switzerland in the forties. I don't know why I just said it, but what I meant was yeah. Viagra. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I was, said Velcro. What I meant was Viagra. Uh, please explain to us what the original use for Viagra was, Frida. It was supposed to be a heart medication, but it, oh. it didn't. It actually, it's bad for the heart. But it had one side effect. It had a weird side effect. It did nothing for the heart. But people were like, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I love it. That's amazing. Repurpose. Someone needs to. You know how there's a movie, the Air Jordan, uh, yeah, the Air Jordan movie, which I've actually heard is pretty good. Which Jay Moore is in. Yes. What we want is Viagra, the movie. <laughs> Someone will make it. We seem to be in a bit of a trend at the moment of like all these kinds of um, no new ideas. Someone, someone will make it. No new ideas. Okay, now one last example of military stuff which ends up in a toy is a virtual reality. Oh, nice, um, yeah. Yeah, that was invented by the military for flight simulations. Yeah. And now it's used for games, and I'm sure it'll... it'll I mean, people use it for, like, you know... Um, <laughs> you know, if you go to conventions and some reps will have... Yeah. There'll be, like, VR to, like, demonstrate some bullshit, but... I feel like the future of VR is firmly in um, video game land. Yeah. And I just think video games in general, like, I don't know which came first for the for the GPU. I don't know wh- who, what was the first, like, reason why it was developed. Maybe, was it video games? Um, I, but, I don't know. I feel like it... Uh, but. But, but, but the, the people like that create the engines that drive the video games are creating like really it's like it's at the cutting edge of technology. I mean, the, the laptop that I use, the laptops that we have to use for AI are made for gaming and we're adapting them for AI. I mean, so games are in terms of technology and games. I mean, it's it's a pretty robust relationship, cutting yeah. edge technology and games. So I don't think it's anything new. Um, it is. We love games. Games are great. Yeah, all sorts of games. Um, it's the stuff that people do during. Humans are either at peacetime or wartime. When well, we're at war, we're at war. We're at peace. We play games, yeah. and that's basically it. Either we play games or we're at war. I don't. That's fine. It's always been that way, and it's always going to be that way. And I am cool with that. And sometimes we do both at once by making a game out of war. Yeah. The point is that those are two huge human activities that there is a lot of money in and that the general public inherits the technology that's invented for those two purposes. So I think there is an inherent link between military and games, Um, whether military technology goes in games or whether toy technology goes into the military. But what I think is what it highlights is that this very serious movie highlights something about human nature, which is that we go to war and we play games and everything else is just sort of, yeah. 
as we say about the Jewish uh, Talmud, everything else is just commentary. Yeah. Um, that's and so that's just it is an interesting thing. A lot of that's where we get a, a lot of a te- our technology from yeah. because that's what humans love to do. Um, I have one other small topic, which look, I'd love help from the, the live chat, to be honest, on this topic. But EMPs, are, it's a very vague thing because at the, this is the last topic. At the end of the movie, they decide that the way to fry the chips is with an EMP because the person, Robert Picardo, in his clean room, yeah. <laughs> failed to make the chips um, withstand a EMP, which the military needed him to have done in order to deploy the military equipment with the microprocessor. So it was left on the shelf and then put in toys. Fair enough. Um, and so in the end they were like, um, we will have to create an EMP because we know that it has a vulnerability. Um, and so they create an EMP by frying the power lines. Um, and I think EMP is honestly a very general vague term that is a spike in electromagnetic radiation. And it's characterized by the kind of radiation the and the bandwidth of the, the spike and the energy of the spike. I don't know all the bandwidth. Yeah, it's like what's the bandwidth of the spike and what kind of radiation is it? And it's, it's pretty vague. A lightning strike can create, create an EMP. Mm. Can a power lines explosion create an EMP? Sure, why not? I think EMP is honestly just a descriptive term or of a very short surge in electromagnetic radiation. I don't think it's really like anything to science with this. There are many different sorts of EMPs. Yeah. There's weapons. There's not weapons. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, it's just... I I didn't really have anything to say on it. Yeah, it's why it's like I was kind of curious just as to like whether they could have generated an EMP the way that they were doing it. But at the same time, it's just EMP is just like, it's a catch-all, isn't it, really? You know, it's just, you've got yep. something that's electronic and you need to shut it down. How do you do it? EMP. I mean, the most famous, it's it's The Matrix. Like, that's, you know, every time I see EMP in a movie, I just think The Matrix. But, mm. yeah, it's just kind of... The question is, is the surge from power lines going to be big enough to fry the yeah. chip? Eh, maybe not. But do I care? No. No. Because this movie is perfect and not even that. No, I'm just joking. Um, If the movie said it could do it, it's correct. That is Frida's take on small soldiers. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm done with science. All right. A lot of microchipping. We're at 1.30, so let's wrap this up. Oh, okay, someone um, uh, someone said, so this is a good one, though. Um, Figman said, my question was always, could the flipped satellite dish have saved the good toys? This is a little bit... Um, yes! This is a little bit yeah. spectral, you know? In the ceramic, the guy <laughs> under the ceramic that was saved from the Bose-Einstein condensate because he was hiding under ceramic. <laughs> They may, can't go through ceramic. <laughs> it's about, we so all know that taking... both Einstein condensates <laughs> can't pen, They can penetrate everything except ceramic. ceramic. And we know literally nothing can touch. any. A BEC touches anything, it gets destroyed. It, literally anything, anything, including ceramic, sure. So does the overturned guess... satellite save them? I guess um... it would. It, it would basically yes, I think so because it would. It would. It would take the charge. 
inch as long as they weren't touching it i think that it would be fine because the ground is not because it would be grounded right so unless, it turns, unless so there a very effective EM, a very effective emp protection measure or shielding can be made from aluminium foil common heavy duty aluminium foil success successfully blocks rf energy from reaching radios so yeah, you, so I, yeah, I made... reckon we can say that the that the satellite dish is made out of a material that is um that has enough shielding aluminium to to block the radio signals so. from being able to penetrate into the toys. Yeah. Yeah. It would absorb it. Big Mint, you're and the good. Rest would be grounded. They said it was yeah, I think it so. was one of their favorite movies growing up, so you you and uh, you and Frida are <laughs> All right, come on, move on. <laughs> I think it's a good premise. All right, let's get into our final section. What the fuck? What the what the what the fuck? You want to give us a what the fuck? Um, uh, a what the fuck, or do you want multiple? Because I have many. Give them. I'm trying to. I, okay. I don't know if I marked one down. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't Shit. mark down the that the female dolls all had to have barely their bikinis, made out of camo, the Gwendy dolls. Uh, you didn't mark down the fact that they actually said that they would like a little bit of R and R with the Gwendy dolls. You didn't mark down the fact that even though the Gwendy dolls have been implanted with a microchip from the dude soldier they still all have bimbo beauty doll personalities why don't they have the same personalities well, as the male soldiers Abby. they reverse engineered them to have so bimbo shit. personalities so that they were there talking about oh her hair is so terrible oh look at her oh she's fat oh, it's so funny <laughs> What? Like, there's it it makes, funny. No, it makes Take me no to the prom. sense. It makes literally no <laughs> sense that those dolls would have a personality that is, like, supposed to be inherent to, like, a bimbo doll. They got the microchip from one of the soldier dolls. So all those Gwendy dolls should have had the same personality attributes as those soldiers. Not suddenly be bimbos in barely joke. their camo bikinis talking about hair and makeup and prom it's bullshit. bullshit it was an opportunity to make a joke it was a shit joke it was a funny it was a it was terrible a stereotypical <laughs> bullshit joke that was the joke it turned all these girls being like you are you amazing the, the way you That's can horrifying. justify a movie that you like when another movie could do the same thing and you would rip it to shreds, your capacity for this is it insane. It was satirical. It was it satir- was satirical. It was satirizing. This movie was not a satire. Are you kidding things. me? Last movie, Starship satir- Troopers, was a fucking satire. This was not a satire. This was just a nineteen sexist movie. <laughs> Give me your other what the fucks. Um, the kid and the delivery driver, as if like how fucking old is he? The the whole delivery driver being all right, okay, like I'll I'll let you have all of these fucking seriously expensive dolls. 
dick off the back of the truck and I'll trust that you'll be able to get like we'll make this shady ass deal together like what that's insane sure nothing of and oh, wait, I wrote the lines that the the Grandy doll said one second okay. this is what the Grandy doll said oh my makeup is cruelty free do you come here often want to go to the prom it's funny it's funny <laughs> I agree. Let's make something fall off the back of the truck. No problem, kid. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. That's what the fuck. That That's insane. crazy. And that guy was a James Redhorn as well. Yes, he very much is. I've only got one more. Go. Um, <laughs> there's oh. the moment when the two guys go to see Robert Picardo. Picard, sorry. Um, and uh, they go to see him in the clean room. Is it when they go to see him? I can't remember where it is. Is it after? Sorry. No, I don't think it's that scene. I can't remember the scene, but there's some scene with the two scientists, right? With Jay Moore and, um, what's his name? Darren Cross? David Cross? Can't remember. Um, but the two scientists, right? David Cross. So there's, there's a scene with the two scientists and it's after they've met Dennis Leary for the first time. And, and they, I think they're going on and they're going about to do their thing. And she walks up to them and just like hands them these badges and basically just says, here's your top level security clearance. Like, what? Here's your top level security clearance. For this global military tech company, you're giving top level security clearance to these two fucking toy makers. Just just like that. And here's your top level security clearance. Why? Why do they need top level security clearance? For what? Also, is that how you give it to them? And then you hand them their computer passwords on a fucking gizmo. Bullshit. Total bullshit. Hey, it was the 90s. It was Remember ridiculous. Remember blank check? Remember blank check? <laughs> yeah. Blank check. <laughs> I've never stopped thinking about how we could buy all of that with that money, ever. I've never stopped thinking about it. <laughs> it wasn't that much money. And he, the guy had a, that, that kid had a slide in a mansion. <laughs> <laughs> I still keeps me up at night. Blank check. Okay, I did okay. have a what the fuck. I yeah, did write on. one down. On. I, I wrote leaving the kid in charge for the weekend. Oh, yeah. We, we mentioned what? it already, but that was my what the fuck. It's absurd. Seriously, I don't understand it. how old this kid is supposed to be. Like, I literally cannot understand what his age is supposed to be in this movie. <laughs> the, they didn't put a lot of effort into making it realistic. They, but uh, anyways, is that all your what the fuck? Yeah, that's everything. Okay, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Okay. I'm hungry. Yeah. So, um, let's say, does it, does it pass the Sam's test for female no. representation? But she's not like other girls, so. Shut up. <laughs> can we even count her as a female? What about all By those Wendy dolls? Admission, she's not like other girls. Huh? What about all those Wendy dolls? <laughs> the Wendy dolls, a woman who says, look, I'm not like other girls, so we shouldn't include her as female representation by her own admission. Then there's the then there's yeah. the prescription medication mother, and then there's the tennis mother. So I feel like it's a no on yeah. this question. Yeah. And next question, does it pass the here comes the science test? <laughs> no. Why not? <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot that that you have agreed that the real world is wrong and that this movie is correct. Well, if you did have the X one thousand plus, you had good programmers. Why couldn't they? believe that they were real soldiers 
Shut the fuck and up. And fight <laughs> with tiny knives and a fucking chainsaw. We forgot to mention they're plastic the Ken dolls. They're plastic G.I. Joes. They're literally Fine. exactly. How are their Sorry. arms moving? Where's all the where's all the cable wiring connection that's allowing them to actually move? Motor control. No. Fine. You can't but just I put a chip just, in a just, plastic block and then it moves. That this was this was in the days where they actually hired people to like build all those little things like for real mechatronics yeah. and were like controlling them. And I just want to say like that was that's I and I miss the days where just throwing like a tennis ball on fire was scary enough that you have to like <laughs> burn the entire house down. You know, it was just just scary enough and not it was scary enough to actually create real fear and anxiety, not so over the top that it, you know that it took that away. So I did appreciate that. I'm just saying. Okay. It was real robots. Real robots. Okay. Let's rate it. <laughs> I know what my rating is. <sighs> Go on. I'm giving it a 2.9. Okay. All right. That's that's less than I thought you were going to say. So I'm proud of you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not crazy. <laughs> or am I? Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> you don't know. I keep you guessing. <laughs> What's your rating? Uh, two. Okay. Average something in between 2 and 2.9. I don't care what it is. Okay. Um, so <laughs> that was my choice. I can't do maths. Um, let's find out what Abby's doing. I guess we're at Cleanse My Soul We stage. are. And I've really struggled with this one because I, okay. I not, not because I don't know what to do, but because I have a lot of different movies that I want to do. But I have decided that we are now officially three years in, Frida. Happy three-year anniversary. Um, so I think it's time to do it. So we're going to do 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah. biggie. I know. But I, I, I seem to like to do this. I seem to like on our anniversaries to just pick a big, a big one. So three years. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. We're doing 2001 A Space Odyssey next. This is mm-hmm. huge for science at the movies and it's going to be bang on our three-year anniversary. So tune in. We'll record it in two weeks, yep. I think. Yeah. Um, and get in touch with us if you have any recommendations. We're on our email is uh, science at the movies at gmail.com. Otherwise, we're on TikTok. 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 toe at science at the movies at, we're also on instagram at science at the movies and you can also comment now on spotify you can leave us comments yes. thank you eric diligently commenting um <laughs> and please leave us a review at apple podcast we appreciate it so much we haven't gotten any for a while but it really helps us remain visible and it also pumps up our ego so <laughs> we kind of want to hear about all the random people that are listening to our podcast and we want to know that we're actually reaching you and making you laugh and so please leave us a review and we love you lots and we'll see you next time for 2001 space odyssey yes <laughs> join us next week for the last episode in our james cameron story of science fiction series and the topic is time travel which we really haven't spoken about enough and then <laughs> after that is 2001 a space odyssey okay see you then bye you did not put enough sarcasm on that um we never talk about time travel <laughs>